Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome everyone to another episode of the NBA Podcast. I'm Brian Teporek and we have a great episode for you today. We're going to talk about the latest drama in New York, both their hiring and general manager and the latest on the Mellow to Rockets rumors. We're also going to talk about a bunch of the free agent signings that have happened over the past week or so. And then we're going to delve into some Summer League takeaways as Vegas Summer League is wrapping up. Orlando and Utah are both in the books already. Before we get to all of that, just a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find all three of our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so we'd love it if you subscribed, download, leave some reviews. Any feedback would be great. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. Though Summer League is almost over, we've still had a lot of great coverage of that. We're going to keep monitoring the three agent signings that are trickling in. Derek, Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer... <laughs> this might be your new favorite... They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons' frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. Rose still needs a job, for instance. Uh, And then we're going to delve into a lot of off-season preview coverage. We're going to figure out how all these new players and teams are going to look in the fall. So check out FanRag Sports at FanRag Sports on Twitter. Joining me today, as always, are my two trusty co-hosts, Morton Jensen and Sarah Chalea. How's it going, you two? So much meat, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mort, Mort tell, tell everyone about your trip to Germany quickly. Yeah, we took like a one-day trip to Germany to go to an amusement park called Hensa Park, which was great fun. Like, my son enjoyed it, and... I enjoyed it as well, not because of all the, you know, the activities. I, I barely tried any of them because I was too busy just going to town on all kinds of sorted meats. Um, <laughs> sausages, and, you know, uh, Wiener schnitzels and whatever, what have you. Like steaks and roasts. And I am, I'm not even sure I'm actually talking to you guys right now or if this is all happening in my head. I'm not sure. <laughs> just a fever dream for me. Completely. So yeah. I might be extremely, extremely weirded out at some point. And uh, if I start barfing, just know, you, you got a heads up, okay? Yeah, the, read, <laughs> the listeners appreciate that. Yeah. Sarah, have you uh, have you recovered from losing two of your favorites this week, Jonathan Simmons and Dwayne Dedman? I'm hanging in there. I was I was kind of prepared, so 
Although my mother this morning, she asked what we were going to talk about. I said, oh, you know, some more free agent signings, summer league play. She's like, I wish Manu would just, I wish he would decide. <laughs> Unless he's going to decide no, and then I don't want to know. <laughs> so I think we're waiting for that shoe to drop. Yeah, that's fair. That is true. The Manu retirement watch is still on, much to Mort's delight. No, um, no, he's going to come back. I, let's um, hope. Yeah, I think I I was I've been kidding for a couple months now, but I I have a feeling at this point in the summer, like he's coming back, right? He can't really prolong it for this amount of time and then go, oh hey guys, I'm quitting. I I don't think that would be, I don't think <laughs> I, that would be proper. I feel like maybe I should be more disturbed now that you've you've turned because <laughs> you're the one who told me Tim was coming back for sure. Yeah, oh, that's right. Like now that I think jinx. of it. So regardless of what I do, I'm actually trolling you, regardless. No matter what, yeah. <laughs> that sounds right. We will get into all the free agent stuff in a bit. Let's start with the Knicks, uh, who they <laughs> hired a new general manager on the good side. They, It sounds like they were negotiating with Dave Griffin, the former Cavs general manager. Uh, there was a breakdown in negotiations because he wanted more say over personnel. The Knicks wanted to keep Steve Mills, their president of basketball operations, among other people who have survived numerous front eight, uh, front office changes in recent years. So in comes Scott Perry, who the Kings hired as their executive vice president of basketball operations three months ago. Uh, prior to that, he was with Orlando for a while, uh, did some good work there. He was there during like the height of the Dwight Howard era, so that was fun. Uh, and Perry, you know, this summer, he, like the Kings, we've all said, had a great offseason. And I think, you know, I don't think Vladi Divac woke up overnight and suddenly understood the salary cap. So a lot of the positive moves you would think were at least influenced heavily by Scott Perry. So, more, do you think he's up for the challenge in New York, given James Dolan, who we ranted about last week, and everything he's inheriting there? No, I think he's up for the challenge. The question is, like, even even if regardless of how motivated he is, is he going to get undermined? Is James mm-hmm. Dolan going to stay out of his business? Is he going to let him do the day to day? One thing is what Dolan says; another is what he does, right? But yeah, I mean, look, this is very likely a, a hungry Scott Perry coming in to prove himself over a long term period. So yeah, I, I I definitely think he's up for it. Um, ask me in twelve months. The, the answer may not be the same. Yeah, that's that is the fair take, and that is the question with Dolan, who it seems like he mostly let Phil Jackson do what Phil Jackson wanted to do, which was both good and bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good in the sense that you know he he let the basketball executive have control, but bad in the sense that he almost ran Kristaps Porzingis out of town. So we'll we'll see how Scott does, but it, I think if he help turn the Kings respectable in one summer. He's at least, he's been around dysfunction and dysfunction particularly in a front office for a while now. So he, he's at least somewhat prepared for what he's inheriting here. Uh, Sarah, I want to ask you, so the Kings got, I think it was a 2019 second round pick and cash for Perry uh, to let him become uh, or go to New York. So do you think this was a mistake for him, them to let him go? Or do you think it was a good move uh, you know, usually if a guy is applying for a job, a higher job, organizations are going to let him go. So it's right. a, do you think that was their rationale? Or do you think it was like, oh, he was just asking for too much money, too much power. We're scared of that. Bye. 
it seems like it was a, a good faith thing, which is always good to uh, to set that kind of standard uh, across the league, I think, uh, that you're going to do right by your employees. I just hope that they have a plan in the works, you know, because as everyone said, they, they did have a pretty good offseason. It seemed like he was helping turn them in a, in a better direction, and now they're going to have to figure out where to go from here. Yeah, it's, I mean, one would hope that they're going to hire another front office executive with some mm-hmm. sort of experience, because otherwise we've seen what happens when Vlade is on his own. Uh, luckily, Sam Hankey's not in the league right now, so no one's going to go after him like a bloodthirsty shark, but who knows? Isaiah Sam Thomas Hankey is probably available. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, oh God, hopefully they go for someone a little better than Isaiah Thomas. Dave Griffin, I, it's amazing that he doesn't have a job right now. He any organization would be lucky to have that guy. Well, hey, look, I get it. I mean, the guy wanted actually to have some sort of power in bringing in so competent people. Like, how dare he? Right. That is not allowed <laughs> in the NBA. We have Apparently to stick not. with the incompetence we've been running for the last 15 years. So so let's just, let's just look at that. Let's just wrap that one up. So in Cleveland, you have Dan Gilbert offering a deal that's below what Chauncey Billups would earn as a player coming back into the league signing a minimum deal. Mm-hmm. And in New York, you have Dolan, who is basically telling one of the five best general managers out there that he can't bring in his own people because Mills. <laughs> have I gotten that right? Yep. And at the same time as well, like you might have a guy in Scott Perry who turned a very dysfunctional Kings franchise around, who now is, the, and they okayed him leaving to New York. Mm-hmm. Which is not like in their best interest at all, right? Wow, like my point about poor ownerships—that's just like enhanced over the last week. <laughs> yeah, it really has. I mean, I do think as Sarah said, it was a good faith move for the Kings to let him interview, you know, a step up in title from executive vice president of basketball operations to GM. Usually, if a guy's applying for a lateral move, that's when organizations step in and say, "No, you can't interview this guy." But if it's a Promotion, it's I right. mean it's kind of a dick move not to let the guy go. So I think that was the King's rationale. You know, the compensation they got in return is not overwhelming, but I you know, that's fine. I don't think anyone was expecting the Knicks to give up like Chris Tops for <laughs> for this general <laughs> manager. Um so yeah, I mean it I I understand why the Kings did it. I hope they bring in someone experienced alongside Vlade again. Because they have, like, the Kings we talked about a lot this summer. Like, they have a lot of good young players. They they really could dig out of the mess they've been in for the last 10 or 15 years if they play their cards right moving forward. But I had a lot more confidence in that front office a week ago when Scott Perry was there. And now if it's just a Vlade run show, I'm a little nervous. But well, that could be fun. You like to see, you know, teams <laughs> blow things up. So why not? I do. I mean, I'm not mad. I enjoyed the Vlade era. It you know, it helped the Sixers get Markel Fultz. So I'm pleased by all means. Let him continue running the team. But for the sake of Kings fans, who are very loyal and dedicated, despite all of the crap they've been through over the past decade, uh, I hope they do not let Vlade solo run the show. Uh, so let's go back to the Knicks, though, because the other big talk on the town is this Carmelo Anthony trade. Uh, it sounded like. 
Frank Azzola of the New York Daily News has been all over this story all week. He had a report earlier in the week that the deal was on the two-yard line. Reportedly a four-team deal. We don't know who the other two teams are. Then they hire Scott Perry, and Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN says, well, suddenly they're pulling back on this trade. They want to see if Carmelo is willing to stay. You know, I think it's basically Perry just like, Making he's you know he's he inherited a new job he wants to check on everything before he goes back into the trade well but Venezuela has a report out Friday that basically says the Knicks uh, pulling out at this point like the other teams involved are pissed Carmelo is pissed because he thinks he's definitely going to Houston so it sounds like at some point Carmelo Anthony is going to be a Houston Rocket we just don't know when or who the other teams are so. Moira, I'm going to ask you first. Mm. If you're Houston and you're trading for Melo, what's the most you're willing to give up for him? Well, I'm not interested in trading for him if I'm Houston. Let's just start right there. Mm. I mean, so I'm, you I'm would looking, not at all. No, not well, not at all. I'm 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 waiting for March, like March first, for mm-hmm. the um, for the free agency pickups, like after they've been bought out. So the deadline yeah. for for signing guys up. Um, <clears throat> so late February. I mean, I'm I'm looking to get him and Dwayne Wade in there on minimum deals after they've been bought out. I'm not looking into trading anything. Like, Ariza right now is, like, the perfect complimentary guy to put alongside James Harden and Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. So moving him out of the way, including a hell of a lot of different assets, like also Ryan Anderson for Melo, I just I wouldn't give that up right now. I, mm-hmm. I, I think they need... You know, Paul and Harden, they need those complimentary guys who can knock down three-point shots, and especially Risa, who's a two-way player. Like, if Melo comes on the cheap, then by all means, but how can you really facilitate facilitate the trade? Like, okay, we don't know who the other two teams are, but you would have to give up something drastically to make the, the finances work if you're Houston. So that means Ryan Anderson at least, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like the stumbling block is the Knicks want to build around 25 and younger players according to Woj like guys on Kristaps' timeline so they have no interest in Ryan Anderson who's got three yeah, years he, and about 61 million left on his team right he'll be sent to a, one of the other two teams obviously yeah yeah, yeah. But, and that, it, that does beg the question what else Houston has to give up they have about I don't know how many guys are still non-guaranteed but like they when they were trading for Chris Paul, they like traded for all of those guys on non-guaranteed contracts. So yeah. they have a bunch of guys. I th- you know I saw earlier in the summer it was ten million. Uh, I don't know if it's still ten million, but they have a bunch of guys on non-guaranteed contracts. So like, in theory, if you know, they I'm sure they would happily include Sean Long in any trade. I don't think they envision Sean Long <laughs> as part of their future. Uh, so I think that is part of the sweetener just for teams that are looking for a little bit of cap relief. They would trade those guys, but yeah, I mean, it begs the question: like, who else do you have to include to get off of Ryan Anderson's deal? That's that is a fair question. Yeah. Uh-oh. So, probably, I, I still think like it's it's going to happen after the deadline. I I don't think mm-hmm. Melo gets moved. I think it's extremely difficult to move him. And if you have like Scott Perry coming in, as you said, like surveying everything. It's going to take a while before he makes a drastic call. I don't think he's going to come in and just, like, right off the bat trade one of the most recognizable sports sports stars in New York. Hey, man, the Magic inherited the Lakers and then sent Lou Williams out, like, the next day. 
That's true, but he wasn't the most recognizable yeah. athlete out there. I mean, this right, is Melo, right. after all. Like, that's a big name. It's uh, There's a lot of PR stuff, like, connected to him. And if it's a G- new GM coming in, like, immediately sending sending the face of the franchise the other way around. I know that's supposedly Chris Tops, but mm-hmm. not to the general audience quite yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think at this point I would be shocked if... I mean, maybe casual Knicks fans still want Melo around, but it seems like most hardcore Knicks fans realize A, the team's going nowhere with Melo. B, the team has just done Melo so wrong that they want him to leave like for his own good. Similarly to how you felt about Jimmy Butler in Chicago. It was yep. like the they they have the free Melo campaign basically. So I don't think fans would be that upset. I could be wrong. I could be totally misreading this and maybe casual fans are like how casual fans are mad when the Sixers traded Michael Carter Williams. Um, but, oh, but casual it, fans are wonderful. yeah. Uh, I feel like people who really hardcore follow the team would understand it. Uh, Sarah, you. I mean, if the if the Rockets do get Carmelo, obviously they are even more of a threat to the Spurs, the Warriors, the Thunder, the Wolves, all the teams out west that are going to be in, competing for a championship. How do you like the fit conceptually of Carmelo Anthony on the Rockets? You know. I admire and appreciate that they're out there trying to make these big moves, um, but I somewhat wonder if, I mean, they seem to think they can just add whoever in this um, Maury D'Antoni style is, is just going to fit for everybody, and I'm not entirely sure. I know that everybody's banking on Olympic Mellow showing up, and and it's not like he can't play that style, but... It's just weird that they are, you know, theoretically looking to add these two players who operate quite a bit in the areas of the floor that they like to pretend are like lava, you know, like <laughs> the in the middle but not in the paint, not a three. It's it's interesting to me. Um and as a Spurs enthusiast who, you know, we added a player who who likes to take those kind of long twos and who likes to get the ball a lot and slow down the offense. Uh, and he doesn't seem thrilled about not being the number one guy getting the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just wonder about the wisdom in, in that choice. But at the same time, I think, you know, I I can understand if we can get a player like that, we should try. But uh, I just don't know. I don't know that that's the best idea, especially, like Mort said, to, to trade to get him. Uh, if they can, can pick him up later, sure without having to give anybody else up, but, um, yeah, I, I just don't know. I mean, we've already talked about the fit between Harden and Chris Paul. I think that's enough to try to integrate for one year. Uh, Melo might be might be a bit more than they, they want to deal with it in one year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as you mentioned, I mean, the D'Antoni system, they didn't run it, like, as they are in Houston, in New York, but Melo and D'Antoni have worked together, and that did not... Mm-hmm. work out super well last time it sounds like both sides are open to it again uh according steve kyler basketball insiders among others have been reporting that so that doesn't seem to be a huge roadblock but it is something to consider for sure i mean we don't we just don't know um i mean we already don't know how this new look rockets team is gonna look as you s- suggested sarah so yeah it would be a hell of a lot of work for tia tony to implement <laughs> two of those guys in one month of training camp in a shortened preseason because we are 
you know, we have fewer preseason games under this new CBA, which is great. Um, more, who do you think the other teams might be that are involved here? I have a couple sleeper ideas, but I want to... Like, we have no idea. No one has reported mm-hmm. anything about these other two teams. So who do you think might make sense? That's a good question. It's a really good question. I could imagine the Pacers being one mm. because they have uh, if I'm not mistaken they have a significant amount of cap space right mm-hmm. I think so yeah uh, well okay they did take on Oladipo though so I'm not yeah. sure but but they should have some more you know they should have a fair bit of cap space so they could take one of those big deals like a Ryan Anderson type and then mm-hmm. if a pig is sent their way to make it worth their while then maybe but then again, Herb Simon isn't really inclined to go on the big rebuild. So I'm not sure, though. Who's your, who, who are your targets here? So I, I, I might be totally off base here, but I feel like Utah would make sense for Ryan Anderson especially because they have Derek Favors, who was on the last year of his deal. He, he seems best suited to play the five. He's not yeah. really a super great fit next to Rudy Gobert. So even if he stays in Utah this year, I feel like he's probably gone as a free agent in 2018. Um, especially because after, you know, after those top few free agents are off the market, I feel like he's in that next tier if he stays healthy this year. So if you can get off of, like, Alec Burke's contract and you can send favors to New York, who could be interesting next to Kristaps and Alec Burks, I don't know, to the fourth team, whoever that might be, that could be interesting. Mm. Um, Phoenix, maybe, because they've just been going after like every big name power forward <laughs> free agent. Like they went after Paul Millsap and Blake Griffin. So I guess, you know, if they want more sh- shooting in their, their starting lineup, or if they could have Ryan Anderson come off the bench behind Marquise Chris and Dragon Bender, that maybe and they just have a bunch of cap space so they've you know they've already said like we're willing to take on bad deals you just have to send picks or young players our way and then brooklyn is just like you know the salary dumping capital of the world <laughs> if you yeah. if you have a bad contract send it to us you just need to put something enticing in return and i feel like you know as we have talked about it before brooklyn has no incentive to tank this year they don't have their first round pick so ryan anderson would make them better um Again, I don't know what what else they would get or like what they would give up in exchange, like maybe Trevor Booker or something like that. Um, it's hard to say. I, Utah is the only one I feel really passionate about because yeah. I just think like Anderson next to Gobert would be really interesting. Oh, that'd be good. Like that would yeah. be downright good. And it's a good point about Brooklyn. I'd actually not. I I had more or less just taken the nets off my my uh, my entire plan here because I was thinking that they were going to go after Kentavious Caldwell Pope mm-hmm. and then he he signed with the Lakers but when these rumors started rising that was before KCP signed with the Lakers so I figured oh yeah you know they they are they are KCP bound but yeah. it turns out they weren't so they could easily they might as well they actually should be like the favorites to be one of those two teams yeah yeah, I mean, Nerlens Noel is, like, the only free agent worth a damn still out there, right? The only one that's, like, that you would spend the big money offer sheet on. Yeah. It's coming, though, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know from, you know, the market's drying up quickly. Like, I don't think the money he expected is coming. Because I forget who reported someone, I, I want to say, like, Mike Fisher or someone reported... Um, 
they were offering him in the neighborhood of like 18 to 20 million a year which seems like pretty fair value given what we know about the market mm. and he doesn't he's, you know he's hoping to get something bigger but like cap space even for the teams that have it is really drying up like i don't know what team is out there that needs a center and is offering a max deal maybe qualifying offer if things if, if it goes all that right i mean if you don't if you don't have a you know a team out there willing to to give up an offer sheet like you might be inclined to take the QU. That that's really risky for a guy with Nerland's injury history though. Torn ACL already Definitely. and and his knee has just been kinda even after he came to Dallas last year, they rested him a lot down the stretch, blaming the oh, knee. I wasn't saying it was it would be smart. I was right. just saying <laughs> yeah. like Greek yeah. can take you so far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's definitely an option, but I have a feeling Dallas and Nerlens will eventually come to terms. But Brooklyn, that is the one place that they could still lob a big offer sheet his way, and we've seen Sean Marks do that in the past. I'm glad you mentioned KCP, though, Mort, because that's a good way to seg- uh, segue into our free agent signings that we haven't touched on since we last recorded uh, last Saturday. KCP is the big one. One year, $18 million to the Lakers after... You know, he came into free agency. We all thought he was getting a max deal. Uh, we thought that would be a tough decision for, for Detroit. Detroit instead <laughs> trades for Avery Bradley, rescinds KCP's qualifying offer, and says, go go on, young man. We don't want you here. Um, so, more do you like the fit of KCP on the Lakers, and do you like it for that price? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I was not one of those guys who were completely giddy about KCP. I thought he was too inconsistent an offensive player to warrant like a full max. And I also didn't want him to, you know, get in the early to mid-20s each and every year for a four-year period because I just don't think he's worth that much until he's become more consistent on both ends. But as a defender and in terms of his age and the offensive potential, which is there, then I love this deal especially considering it's a one-year deal. Again, we've spoken about this at length to the point that Sarah is probably rolling her eyes right now, like, oh my God, they're going to say it there one more time, aren't they? Yes, we are, Sarah. We're going to say it one more time. Contract length doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, contract value doesn't matter. Contract length is what matters. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, the $18 million, <laughs> It is what it is. It's fine. You know, it's a good value. Don't get me wrong, but it, it doesn't matter. It's the one year that I absolutely love. They keep themselves competitive for next summer. It's like financially uh, competitive, and they can renounce him if they want and if they need be. So yeah, yeah. Um, also, Jordan Clarkson is going to get one hell of a competition uh, at the at the shooting guard spot. This training camp, like he is not a strong defender. KCP is, and I would imagine that defense is going to be a big item going into next season. Oh, yeah. I, I'm assuming KCP starts. Yep. I don't think... I mean, I, I feel like Jordan Clarkson is better suited to play a combo guard role off the bench. KCP, inconsistent, streaky shooter. He did hit, I think, a career-high 35% from three last year. The big thing is, he's Lonzo Ball is going to be a huge beneficiary of having KCP on the floor, because KCP is going to defend the best Mm. Um, the best option in the backcourt. You're going to have a lot of cross matching, I'm sure. Like he's KCP yeah. is going to be the guy defending Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, all you know, all the top point guards. You're not and gonna the other way him. around as well, because you know, Ball will get the you know, he, he Ball will get the ball to to Colin yeah. Pope. 
I mean, yeah. he will get better looks from playing right. alongside Lonzo Ball. Like his his last point guard was Reggie Jackson. I mean, right. That's he's not a passer. He's not a playmaker. He's a scorer. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a completely different KCP this year, I think. Yeah, and it's for the Lakers. It makes total sense because, as you mentioned, more it still keeps them flexible heading into free agency. We've talked about a lot in the past how they're you know their grand plan is Paul George and LeBron James. Worth noting, KCP is represented by Clutch Sports Group. LeBron James is, I don't know if it's his agency, but it might as well be. So, you know, yeah, saving Rich Paul a little face with KCP. It's just, it's a little suspicious. It just adds to the smoke behind the LeBron to LA rumors. So we'll keep an eye out there. But also it's a good plan B for the Lakers, right? So even, you know, if Paul George, let's say OKC, like, wins the title this year and Paul George is like oh no I love it here I'm gonna stay and LeBron's like no I don't want to go to the Lakers if Paul George's not going now they have Brooke Lopez and KCP (laughs) as like good plan B if they strike out in free agency next year and that's still like that's an intriguing team Lonzo KCP uh Brandon Ingram I guess Julius Randle maybe if you keep him around and then Brooke Lopez like if the if the rest of the West didn't get so much freaking better the Lakers would be like competitive with that starting five. Like they're they're going to be a better team than they were last year. Like substantially better, I would argue. It's just that the rest of the West also is going to be substantially better. So they might not move up very much in the standings, but they're going to be a better basketball team than they All were right. last year. Let me ask you guys something. The Lakers right now, as currently constructed, are they better than the New Orleans Pelicans? Sarah, I want you to take that one. Uh, I mean, top to bottom, potentially. Uh, but those those Pelicans are pretty top heavy, mm. so so that's that's a tough one. Plus, it just depends on on fit. You know, we got to see still if uh, if the Pelicans mesh at all with this this two headed monster they've got. Yeah, it hasn't hasn't really happened yet. But I would say there's potentially an argument there. Right. And that's really the crux of the matter, right? Like, just the fact that there's an argument to be made means mm-hmm. that the Lakers are definitely moving in the right direction. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I want you could probably make the same argument about Dallas too, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't think the Lakers are going to be nearly as bad as they were last year, and it <laughs> selfishly it makes me happy because you know the Sixers traded that Lakers slash Kings pick as part of the Markel Fultz deal, and I feel like both of those picks lost at least some value this summer. I'd be oh, interested. They did. Yeah, they did. I'd be interested to see if they if Boston would take that same amount now that they did a month ago. But maybe because they think Jason Tatum is the next Paul Pierce. Um, Sarah, let's go to Indiana because your boy Corey Joseph is heading there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was originally reported as a sign and trade. Now I don't think it's actually a sign and trade. But basically, Corey Joseph heading to Indiana for, like, some, the rights to some guy who's probably never coming over, CJ Miles to the Raptors on a three-year, $25 million deal. So, Sarah, they brought in Darren Collison already. They brought in Victor Oladipo. They waved Monta Ellis. They still have Lance Stevenson, and now Corey Joseph is there. How do you see Corey fitting into that backcourt? You know, I think it was a, a pretty good move for both teams, but... um. I'm disappointed for Corey. 
<laughs> because hey, I know he liked playing uh, back at home in in Canada, but it's also just the, the Pacers are not moving in a great direction. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, I mean, Corey's gonna fit fine. Honestly, I almost feel like they should just start him, but <laughs> mm. you know, I'm a little biased, uh, just a little. <laughs> but uh, I mean, he he'll fit fine. He he's gonna give them things that they need in that guard spot, especially if Darren Collison is, has trouble being consistent. Um, but Corey's kind of always, I will see if he takes another step, but he's always been solid. Like he hasn't been exceptional at certain things, but, but he doesn't turn the ball over. You know, he, he shoots pretty well. He takes, takes care of the ball, gets other people decent looks, but he's, you know, not super creative, but he's going to be fine. And, and, it's a good move for them, which they honestly needed. <laughs> they they need to make a few more, but they're also, as we've all admitted, kind of on that, what what does it matter? I mean, I think they've said that they wanted to make the playoffs last year. Hopefully they're not super concerned with that this year, but uh, it's an interesting spot they're in. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe, yeah. They, Kevin Pritchard the other week was saying, like, that's why we did, we had better offers for Paul George at the deadline, but we didn't trade him because we want to make the playoffs. Like, this is why the East is where the East is right now. You have owners like that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if they were, you know, it was, again, it was re- originally reported as a sign-and-trade, so I'm almost, like, treating it mentally that way. Uh, and if, like, C.J. Miles was going to leave anyway, getting Corey Joseph in return is great. He's a player option in 2018-19, so he might only be there for a year, but you turn nothing into something. So, uh, whatever. That's fine. And he's a flippable asset down the line if you need to. I would like it more if I had any faith in Indiana's front office, but <laughs> given Pritchard's comments, I don't. I just feel like they're they're now too bad or too good to be like awful. They're probably going to be like their ceiling is the tenth seed in the East, like that. I don't see any way that team makes the playoffs, but they're not going to be bad enough to tank into a good pick. So, for Indiana's sake, I hope next year's draft is really deep. Uh, more. We were all over C.J. Miles heading into free agency. How do you like him on the Raptors? Well, before I answer that one, I'm just going to slightly uh, disagree with Sarah for on, oh. on one point, uh, which is Sarah felt bad for, for Corey Joseph ended <laughs> up in, in Indiana. And I think he's going to love it because he's going to break out. That's the so. perfect place for him to break out. Like, who else is there to really take over everything? Corey is a really really intelligent basketball player he makes tremendous reads on the court he like like sarah said as well you know he doesn't turn the ball over he is just crafty he's an improving shooter he's a floor general i i have a feeling that he is going to blow up this year like he is not like an all-star level but you know 16 points seven assists something in that area and on solid percentages, and moreover, like, strong defense, leadership capabilities. Like, he's really going to prove that he is, you know, belongs as a starting, full-time starting caliber point guard in the NBA. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. I think this trade is actually one that he should have hoped for beforehand because he was always going to play behind Kyle Lowry in Toronto. This frees him. Um, and to answer the C.J. Mala question, I love it. I love CJ Miles in Toronto. That's the guy they needed. They need a zone breaker. They needed one who could just hoist up like a billion three-point shots over the course of a game and hit a strong percentage of them. 
He's a spot-up shooter, plays off the ball a lot. He's also somewhat sneaky athletic, so there are times when he can he, he just fakes you out of your shoes and he goes to the rim. I think he's going to pack a punch in that second unit, which they really needed, honestly. Um, he's not going to have ball-handling responsibilities. He's not going to be asked to defend this, this and that guy. He's going to come in and have a clear role, which is shoot the damn ball, <laughs> which he can. And... Mm-hmm. For that price as well, I'm kind of digging it. Yeah, and I, I should note that that deal came, I think, the night or the morning after Toronto sent Damari Carroll to Brooklyn along right. with a lottery-protected 2018 first-round pick and a 2018 second-rounder. Brooklyn in exchange sent <laughs> Justin Hamilton, who the Raptors immediately waived. So the Raptors did that as a cost-cutting move. They wanted to avoid the luxury tax. How do you like that move for Brooklyn, Where Do you think that was enough to take on the $30 million left on Damari Carroll's contract? I was kind of surprised it was lottery protected. I thought mm-hmm. it would be, like, maybe top eight protected. Um, that would have made more sense. But, I mean, look, that's probably the best they could have gotten. And a, a second rounder in today's day and age is nothing to just win fat. That's, that's actually pretty good. That's something you can get value out of. So then, And they needed draft picks, generally speaking. So I'm, I'm okay with it. It's a lot of money. But as you said about ten minutes ago, Brooklyn is going nowhere. In in you know they can't tank because they don't have original draft picks, so they might as well try to win. And Carroll is a veteran, so he's going to help on the infrastructure. He's going to help out defensively. He might even play a lot of four where he can stretch a little bit. That might even unlock him a little bit more. Like he was, you know, the fifth option. I want to say on Toronto, this bumps him up a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. That should improve Brooklyn as well. So they get a, a player and they get a, pick, a couple of picks. I mean, I, I don't love it financially speaking, but what's the alternative? Right. Yeah. I mean, getting off of Justin Hamilton's deal is pretty good because he was god awful. Yeah. Uh, and Damari, uh, I mean, Kenny Atkinson, their head coach, was with Damari in Atlanta when Damari had his breakout year. So, maybe, you know, there's hope that he can tap back into that if Damari can get over the injuries that kind of plagued him in Toronto these last two years. Like you, I mean, yeah, I would have loved an unprotected first instead, but, like, the Raptors, I mean, we've all talked about how bad the East is this year. The Raptors aren't going to miss the playoffs, so it's not going to be... Even if Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan both went down, I feel like they still have enough (laughs) firepower to make the playoffs. Free Jonas. Yeah, I don't don't think that's going to come into play. Um... I mean, I don't, I don't mind it. I just, it's, again, it's like Sean Marks is doing everything in his power to speed up the first part of their rebuild, which is really just, like, get us through this part where we don't have picks, and then we can actually have picks and start, you know, <laughs> then we can start actually getting young players of our own uh, added to the pipeline. But for now, it's like, that's what you should do with your salary. Don't, like, don't sign guys who aren't going to make a difference anyway. Like, take bad contracts, get picks. Still compete. Still hopefully not give Boston the number one pick for the second straight year. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I love it. Sean Marks, he's just doing one of the best low-key rebuilding jobs across the league. Um, yeah. Like, he's pseudo-hinkying it right now. Yeah, without the picks. <laughs> that's, right, that, right. That's the problem. But other than that, he really is. I mean, yeah, he... Letting Yogi Ferrell go last year was kind of a blow, but like he's done more good than bad since taking over that job, and the Nets are in a right. far better position than I would have expected 
you know, 18 months ago. Yeah. And no GM is perfect. Like that's, right. that's so important. Like, I, I think fan bases are really hard on general managers. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it's understandable that a general manager makes an, makes an, a mistake every once in a while. That's okay. As long as he doesn't double down and consistently do it. <laughs> Gar Foreman. Um, yeah. But if, if you're a team that is on the upswing and you're needing you, you need like this executive to just go out and get shit done and mm-hmm. he does more good than bad then that's what you really have to focus on like yeah. instead of just putting all those mistakes under a microscope that's just, it helps no one and it just puts your franchise back even more if the fan pressure forces an ownership to change executive <laughs> and even if someone worse comes in like you can even look at it in New York like mm-hmm. Dolan just panicked and got Phil Jackson. How did that go? Yeah, not not super well. Not super <laughs> well. Not super well. Uh, yeah, I mean, hell, Sam Hankey drafted Jaleel Okafor, so no one is perfect. Right, exactly. Like perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to the Magic, Sarah, who stole your boy Jonathan Simmons on a three-year, twenty million dollar deal. Strangely, after the Spurs rescinded Simmons' qualifying offer with. So the Pistons did that to KCP after they got Avery Bradley. The Spurs did not do that to Simmons after they got Rudy Gay. They waited a couple days and then did it. So it seems like they were just too far apart on the terms. But then mm-hmm. I was surprised that three-year $20 million was enough. So what do you think of A, Simmons in Orlando, and B, the Spurs letting him walk for that price? Yeah, yeah, I don't know if stole is the word. I think the Spurs basically gave him up. Um yeah, just I don't know what happened, but it seems pretty clear that that both sides were just ready for to not continue the relationship. I suppose um, it, it's interesting, but but I you know as much as I enjoyed Jonathan's time here, I I don't think it's a big blow. Um, he did really improve over his two seasons, but um, it's not like you know they lost something irreplaceable. They ended up picking up. Uh, with Brandon Paul, I believe. Uh, yep. That move kind of came right on the heels of deciding to let John go. So, honestly, I feel like, you know, I haven't done a lot of homework on him yet. Seems like he he's a little bit more polished uh, with the ball. He pulls up for three a lot. You know, honestly, I'm good with it. <laughs> I was ready I was ready to see Patty walk, so I'm okay with Jonathan walking, <laughs> you know? But, yeah. uh but it's interesting, and I wish him well. Uh, he's going to be down there with Chad now, uh, Magic assistant coach. So I feel like they hopefully that will help him to continue to develop. And 20 mil is some good money for him, so I'm happy for him and his family. Yeah, and <laughs> hell, if it prevents the Magic from playing Aaron Gordon at the three, it's right. a win for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, they, I, I feel like it does not bode super well for Mario Hazonia. Who is now probably third on their small forward depth chart behind? Oh, you know, someone should go get him. Like, right? if you are an executive listening to this, one, I know I'm, I'm not sure why you would, but <sighs> if you are listening to this, go get Mario Sonia. Like, right now. I don't yeah. care. Just go yeah. get him because you're going to get him for cheap. The, the Sixers and the Magic should just agree to trade draft busts from that class and just swap Okafor for Hazonia. Just call I don't think Hazonia's a bust, though. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, right. Like current exactly. bust? Right, yeah. But, I mean, Okafor might not be a bust in the right situation. It's just, <laughs> that's not Philadelphia. 
Yeah. Um, by, by the way, like, you know, you know how you think of a good tweet like twenty four hours too late. Uh-huh. Yeah. I I regret to the fullest extent that I did not put out a tweet when the Spurs renounced Simmons going that's what happens when you don't pay your one hundred and fifty dollar entry fee. <laughs> I mean, come on. What that's... the hell? I I, yeah. do, I look, I know that they were like Sarah said, were willing to like move on and go get someone else and they were trying to do something else, but I love the energy that Simmons mm-hmm. brought. Like mm-hmm. when his athleticism and his uncompromised ability to just take it to the rack and not give a damn about his own body, I think that carries a lot, especially in the playoffs. Like I think teams legitimately get a little bit scared of a player like that. They back off a little bit more. They are less inclined to be aggressive towards him. So I hope that oh, what's that guy's name? Paul or was it? Brandon. Brandon Paul. There we go. Yes. Yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, I I barely remember him. I I know I saw something about him in Illinois back in the day, but not a whole lot. Like I hope he has that edge. I hope that he comes in and has a similar energetic, athletic edge that he just puts on the Spurs. Because I thought that they were better when when Simmons was out there. I don't I know think, if I'm putting too much into it though. I think he's hungry. I don't know that he's uh, that type of explosive athlete. Um... John was was definitely special in that way. Um, I think that's why his first fans, by and large, are upset. Like, if we have somebody who's really athletic, we're like, whoa, what is that? Like, <laughs> people freak out. And then now that we've lost him, they're demoralized. Um, it's going to be okay, guys. Just hang that's, in there. That's great. It's after 20 years with Tim Duncan, like, just someone who can just, you know, separate the court from his feet. That's just amazing. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you jump? Like, what? what's his what's his vertical? 25 inch. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> what a freak athlete. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of younger and more athletic, Jamal Crawford is going to the Timberwolves on a yeah. two-year $8.9 million deal. Mort, I know you like that fit. Tell us why. I'm, I'm just dancing my I told you so, I told you so, I told you so dance. Yeah. Um... No, it just makes too much sense not to. And I don't know if you saw those comments he made the other day. I really loved it. Like he was he was saying he could pretty he could have gone to the Cavs, he could have gone to the Dubs, and he could have gotten a ring. But like then what? Like that's is that special? He wanted to, he thought it would be more special to go to a team and take him from point A to point B. That would be mm-hmm. you know more exciting to him. I really respect that kind of mentality, and and that's to his credit, Crawford has always been like that. Uh, and he saw an opportunity. Like, he saw that they were legitimate. They got Jimmy. They signed Taj. That was those were the two moves that he he looked at and like. Okay, they're they're taking on bets. They're not just going the full youth route. They're actually trying to to build something here. So, and and I'm gonna play till I'm 50 anyway. So I'm gonna jump on board. <laughs> right. Uh, it makes a whole lot of sense. They needed a guy who could shoot. They needed someone coming off the bench who could just get buckets and and. Lord knows Crawford can still do that even at his age. And I wouldn't even be surprised if he banged out like 150 triples next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I mean, they really needed three-point shooting, uh, mm-hmm. ideally in their starting lineup, but hell off the bench will work. Any, anywhere will help. Right. Um, like You just take Jeff Teague out of the lineup after the first six, seven minutes, and then you run Jimmy at the point and Crawford off the, uh, you know, off the ball. 
and then you just stack over a minute so it makes sense yeah and Tibbs loves using veterans to at the expense of rookies so Crawford probably knows he's getting you know high 20s minutes per game so he he's not just going to be a token signing there like he's going to still play a big role whereas I guess probably in Cleveland or Golden State he would have been more of a 15 minutes 20 minutes off the bench yeah he would have had like a Darren Williams role mm-hmm yeah yeah, and Golden State. I mean, if he went to Cleveland, Golden State would have annihilated <laughs> him in the finals. Just ruthlessly targeted him like they did to Darren Williams. So, yeah, I don't blame him. It'll be... That's fine. I, I would... The whole, like, I'm not chasing a ring thing, like, ask David West if that ring means nothing. Like, that's okay. No, I don't I don't think he said it meant nothing. It was just, like, he, he said... Of course it was, it was going to be important. It was just... The journey in, in in itself was very rewarding, and I can get the, I I yeah. totally see that. I mean, I, I get that logic, but I agree. Like David West is looking at r- that ring until the day that he dies, and just goes, <laughs> "Screw that, man! I mean, right. I got this." Right. I, I get exactly. it. I get yeah. it. I think yeah. he said, "Yeah, that it was more interesting to him to to take a team from point A to point B rather yeah. than yeah, feel like you know how it's going to go. You know, you're going to end up in the finals at the very least." was not as interesting to him exactly like yeah so and i i mean crawford has always been like a uh i'm not gonna say weird guy because that sounds so negative because he's always been slightly alternative in like where he signs and what he thinks is interesting in terms of like team building and whatnot so this just makes perfect sense for him to go Mm -hmm. there Uh, we'll see how it goes but i'm I'm really digging that wolves roster yeah they're gonna be fun it's (laughs) Again, if the West wasn't so crazy strong, I feel I would feel like very confident putting them in as like a top four or five seed. But the yeah. West is so crazy strong, so I've there is a wide range of outcomes. For They're how this so close to the Eastern Conference. I'm just saying you should just, just make the switch. Just there. yeah, dear Adam Silver, just for this year, just move them to the to to the East, and then some random team, the down Bulls below to the West. Team. Why not? Sure, I'm in. <laughs> Bulls are gonna suck either way. Doesn't matter. The, the, yeah, and if they're in the West, it's gonna be even worse. So yeah. why not? And they used to play in the West, by the way. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So yeah. Um, all right, Sarah. Let's go back into the Spurs. Well, another guy they lost, Dwayne Dedman, two years, fourteen million to Atlanta. Uh, can you describe what Atlanta's getting with Dedman? What they're getting, um, Dedman is a good role guy uh he used to be critiqued for not having very good hands i thought for the most part his hands were actually pretty good last year you know (laughs) the ball bounced off it maybe a couple times but but mainly he's going to be there he's a great guy to relieve pressure with lobs um pretty good rim protector shot blocker and and that's kind of it (laughs) um you know he he wasn't i think some sometimes the problems that the spurs had was lineups with him in there you know didn't space the floor too well um, especially considering the rest of our roster construction but um, yeah I mean honestly is it fair for me to say cheaper less polished but really not that much less Dwight Howard Mm -hmm. (laughs) less headaches Um, I think that's that's actually pretty fair especially where Dwight is today yeah right right yeah, not prime Dwight Howard, obviously. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> right, but yeah, and I think you know it's a good fit for for Dwayne to be there with Bud and there in a system that's not too far off of what the Spurs do. So it's it's a great move. 
Mm, yeah, and I mean the Hawks front court we've talked about in episodes past is pretty ravaged. You know, they lost Millsap, they lost Howard. It's like they, now they have Deadman, John Collins. They brought back Mike Muscala. <laughs> they got Diamond Stone from the Clippers in the Jamal Crawford deal. But it's like it, we have no freaking clue who's going to start in that front court come. October, so it's a good opportunity for Deadman, if nothing else, to be a starting center, probably. Um, one other former Spur who found a home this week, Aaron Baines, went to the Celtics on a one-year, four-point-three million-dollar deal, presumably the room exception. So, Sarah, do you like the fit of Baines there? I do. Um, you know, they've had front court issues, so helps to kind of try to bolster that a little bit um he's not an overwhelming rebounder i think he's averaged somewhere between four and five the last few years at about 15 minutes a game but but he can do that he is size he's not a great uh shot blocker or anything but he's a decent rim protector honestly he kind of gets in the way well (laughs) it's the way i'll describe it um and he has a decent uh like mid-range shot so yeah, and he's also, the thing that I enjoyed about him most in his time as a Spur was he's just good at pissing other people off. Like, <laughs> like he used to piss Dwight Howard off so much, <laughs> and it was really fun to watch. So, uh, you know, if you have a big guy that, that's uh, really giving you hell, throw throw Aaron out there, and he'll, he'll at least make it interesting. There'll be good depth behind Al Horford and nothing else because they lost Kelly Olenek. I don't think Tyler Zeller is signed yet, but they're presumably going to leave or lose him as well, so their front court depth kind of had to take a hit when they got Gordon Hayward. Yeah, they, I think they uh, renounced Zeller, right? Yeah, they had to. I mean, he could yeah. still re-sign there for like the minimum or whatever. Uh, no, but yeah, He's but probably I mean, not going to be an NBA player next year, you think? That's probably, yeah. I mean, roster spots are filling up quickly. Well, Dad, and he's just not... Let's be honest, he's not very good. Right. There, there's that minor <laughs> detail as well. I'm sorry, but like his defense is, is atrocious. Really yeah. atrocious. Like not not even close to NBA caliber. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Last big stuff in the signing front before we go to summer league. Utah stayed busy and they're the wake of losing Gordon Hayward. They signed Tabo Cephalosha, two years, ten point five million. Jonas Jerebko, two years, $8.2 million. And Ekpe Udo, who has not been in the league for a hot second now. Uh, former lottery pick in 2010, I believe. They got him mm. for two years, $6.5 million. They also waived Boris Diaw before his contract became guaranteed for this upcoming season. What, what do you think of these three moves for Utah? Love it. Love it. Adding a lot of veterans to a otherwise young team. Uh, you're, you're getting guys who are at least uh, I, I'm not going to say strong guards on defense but they have because they're getting older so they don't move as well as they used to but great defensive understanding at least in Tapo and uh, and Yudo as well he played the last two years for Fenerbahce so and, and he proved worthy there Jerebko is just yeah he's 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 a solid wing slash big who can you know play spot minutes at both forward spots He's not a great defender by any stretch of the imagination, but he tries hard. He can hit the long ball. So, and it's, it's mostly the age. Like, Yurepko and Yudo are 30, I want to say, both, and Sepalosha is 33. So them coming in and tutoring Rodney Hood, Donovan Mitchell, 
uh, those guys you know that's going to be huge um so that's it's it's not a Gordon Hayward replacement but it's a a combined effort to survive i suppose mm-hmm. yeah i mean their defense is going to be absurd this year yeah it's like i don't think we can definitively pencil the Jazz out of the playoffs even without Gordon Hayward because I really admire how they've reloaded and I don't see any way they don't have a top five defense this year. Agreed. Okay, so let's go into Summer League. Let's start with, we're going to bring back the My Crush segment, which we have not had since the regular (laughs) season. So let's start with our Summer League crushes and then we can go into some of the other guys who have impressed and disappointed. So Sarah, who's your Summer League crush so far? You know what's crazy? I've gone a little bit too enthusiastic in, about Summer League. Like, I, I've had three or four different people that I want to pick for my crush, which is kind of ridiculous. But um, obviously there's Bryn Forbes, who, I'll be honest, I did not expect that much from him. I kept thinking of him as someone who, and it still may be true, but as someone who wasn't in the Spurs' future plans, Um but he's sticking around, and he's making a heck of an argument for for them to keep him on board. Um, he's leading Vegas Summer League, I believe, right now in scoring at 29 points per game. He had 35 two games in a row. He's just, he's really improved his off-the-dribble game. And I was joking uh, the other day about not only is he better off the dribble, but he's kind of mastered the art of screaming through contact while driving <laughs> to get the in one. So very, very happy for him. He looks really comfortable, not only just pulling up, but taking it to the basket, uh, even even making some nice passes. So happy for Bryn. Also want to shout out Jordan Bell, who I'll probably never stop talking about. Uh, he had a 5x5 five five the other day, which was ridiculous. He's to the point where, you know, because the Warriors, you know, needed so many more good players. They've got at least two guys on their summer league team, uh, Pat McCaw as well, who have played so well that they're like, never mind, you don't have to play anymore. <laughs> just just go sit on ice for a little bit. Um, and I wanted to shout out Dylan Ennis, who went off yesterday, I think it was, for 35 points, hit eight threes. <laughs> it's just yeah freaking warriors man <laughs> thank you bulls for selling him for 3.5 million dollars hope you use that money wisely new <laughs> printers brian you can never never put a pro- oh yeah you can mark Dinks did point out they 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 could have used that money to on rondo and i think who was the other one isaiah cannon made they had a little bit right of guaranteed right money. million owed for those, so that's covered, and then they have 300,000 left for printers. For new printers, good. Good for them. All right, Bulls. Uh, All right, Mort, just go ahead. Go for your Donovan Mitchell rant. I I don't have a rant, Brian. I'm just (laughs) calmly telling you that Donovan Mitchell is having one hell of a summer league. You know, 37 points in a game, 8 steals, is consistently just tearing teams up. Um, and that's why, like I've said for a while, which is why I'm consistently so calm about this, is why he's going to win Rookie of the Year. Nice and easy. You did. We should note that Mort did have him as the third best player in this year's draft class heading into the draft. Mm-hmm. I, along with many of the draft experts that we had on, called him crazy. Uh, <laughs> early returns <laughs> seem to be in his camp rather than ours. But, yeah, Mitchell is, I mean, it's just, he's unreal. If that shot is as pure as it's been looking in Summer League, he's going to be a freak. 
Uh, and I mean, oh, he is. God, it, he's so good. Like yeah. dude, the defense is there already. Yeah. The shot, the off the dribble game is going to come. Probably not this year. The next year, he's going to be one of those complete players. Yeah, the defense gives him a high floor, no matter how how the offensive game shakes out. Even if he doesn't turn into like twenty twenty five point per game scorer. That defensive versatility alone is going to keep him in the league for 10-plus years. So I would yep. love to know what the Nuggets were thinking, trading him once you know, once he was still on the board, why they were like, yeah, we'll take Trey Lyles and Tyler Lydon for him. That was already looks like a horrendous deal. Um, but yeah, Donovan's, Donovan's been doing well. Do you have any other any other guys who have caught your eye more? Uh, well, De'Aaron Fox, who was number two on my draft board. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's done very well um leading a team he's he's had a surprising um outing in terms of shooting the basketball it's not been like a whole bunch of long range but like he's had some pretty nice looking high arc shot from the mid-range off the pull-ups which have been like oh oh you can do that as well that's (laughs) that's intriguing um and then antonio blakeney for the bulls um he was he actually got signed to a two-year two-way contract uh, I think he's the first so far who's been signed to a two-year two-way contract, which is the most mm-hmm. that you can sign for for the two-way. Uh, but but he's I was looking at him coming in when he was listed on the Bulls' um, summer league roster. He was like the one guy who stood out to me because he was he's still just 20, coming up from LSU, had a pretty good last season. He is a freak athletically. Like he has a vertical leap of 44, and he's speedy. He can really, really get up high. And then he's an improving jump shooter. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, you know, what do the Bulls need? They need youth. They need athleticism. Gar Foreman pretty much said that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they need shooting because, good Lord, they need shooting. And he sort of checked all three boxes. Uh, so it made sense. And then he, he came out in summer league and just delivered, uh, making yeah, ma- making the right call all the way through for the Bulls. So mm-hmm. good on him. They actually got younger and more athletic for once. They it's actually shocking. got more younger and more athletic. I'm not. I'm, I was very surprised that that they signed him to that two way contract because it was the right thing to do. I, I was yeah. I was sitting, you know, in the passenger seat of a car and we almost crashed because I was just oh the Bulls did something right. <laughs> very very weird. Stunning. Yeah. Um, all right. So my crush uh, Homer pick is Jonah Bolden who I just didn't know all that much about heading into summer league and he's consistently impressed me he's I mean he's a athletic monster already he's blocking shots left and right also showing off some three-point range I don't think it's an exaggeration to say he's already a better fit for the Sixers roster than Jaleel Okafor he makes me feel better about if the Sixers eventually have to trade Rashawn Holmes like he could be a backup big behind Embiid, behind Simmons, Saric, etc. So I really like him. Uh, Jonathan Sharks of the Ringer, he and Kevin O'Connor did a redraft like uh, at the end of Summer League redraft, and they said it's obviously super premature to do this, but they had Sharks had Bolden 13th overall in the redraft. So I don't, I don't know if that's actually 13th? how it would go. What 13th? Yeah. 13th? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's actually how it would go, but uh, the fact that he showed out this much at Summer League is at least encouraging. It seems like the Sixers are going to have him play abroad for one year just because they don't have the roster spots, but right. I look forward to seeing him in a Sixers uniform in the future. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., I mean, 
if you're looking for a dark horse, I don't even think it's a dark horse pick for rookie of the year. If you're just looking for a not false Lonzo Ball Ben Simmons pick, like that's the dude you need to put all of your money on because the Mavericks are going to turn the ball to him right away. He's going to put up monster numbers as a rookie. He's really good. He got into the perfect fit. Assuming Nerlens resigns there, he and Nerlens in the pick and roll is going to be absurd. Him picking and popping with Dirk Nowitzki is going to be fun. Wesley Matthews, mm. Harrison Barnes, like the Mavericks are going to be there. You know, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but they're like that's that's the crazy thing about the West is like even the Mavericks are probably like a six seed in the East, and I don't know if they're even you know it might be like the twelve seed in the West, but I really like what I'm seeing from DSJ. I feel like um, if you had to redraft. I don't know if he sneaks into the top six because I feel like all the top six prospects are really good, but the Bulls should absolutely be killing themselves that they took Markkanen over him at seven. I know you got Chris Dunn as part of the Jimmy Butler return, but don't let that cloud your judgment. <laughs> like Dennis Smith Jr. is better than Chris Dunn already, so that <laughs> yeah, was like, he is. yeah. So don't yeah. like don't say, oh, we got Chris Dunn. He's our point guard of the future. You oh, got like five no, no, point no. guards of the future in the last twelve months. They all suck. So, like, you had a chance to actually get a good one, and you blew it. Yeah. Oh, um, there are two guys. Like, Donovan Mitchell and Dennis Smith Jr. Those mm-hmm. are the two guys that I'm looking at and going, yep, the Bulls are going to regret that. Yep. Like, a lot. And just just hear me out on this one. If they had kept 16th, they mm-hmm. could have moved up, and they probably could have gotten Mitchell. So they could have gotten, realistically, Dennis Smith with, their, with the seventh pick, and had they kept 16 in the trade, because I think that was doable. Mm-hmm. Trade up for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, or take like John Collins is another guy. He went nineteen to Atlanta. Yeah, he's he's been playing really well. I yeah. think he's gonna. You know, we I said it earlier. We don't know what Atlanta's front court's gonna look like, but I think he's gonna be a, a legitimate factor in there. Yeah, yeah. I I had him high as well prior to the draft, but James Hollis, he was he fought me on it. But <laughs> I, I've 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 been a John Collins fan for a while. Really, yeah. he's he's really really good, and I'm glad to see that he. At least did well in summer league, and just to remind people once again, summer league means jack shit. Right, right, but right, right. Still, like it's still better to look good than bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, the one other guy, Jason Tatum. I mean, everything I thought about him pre-draft, he's kind of just validated. Like he's an incredible shot maker. He, you know, especially contested shots. Like he's got that Carmelo Anthony esque ability to really just hit tough shots and that you know that impresses a lot of his fellow nba players the defensive concerns are still there for me a little bit um and i don't know you know he hasn't shown that much of his passing chops yet so like i don't know if he turns into if he's carmelo if he turns into a paul pierce either way like it's still a really good player i think boston is not going to be upset that they took him but um this basically my whole my biggest takeaway from summer league is that like a, the top of this draft class is loaded, and B, aside from, you know, Donovan Mitchell showed a little bit more than I expected, John Collins too, but, like, it basically just validated a lot of the pre-draft strengths and weaknesses of each prospect, right? Like, Markel Fultz, well, first of all, shout out to Markel Fultz for not breaking his ankle, because... <laughs> Holy shit, was it a dark day in this household last Saturday when I was watching that game. My wife had an overnight shift at the hospital, so she's she's working. Like, um, 
and I, I immediately text her. I'm like, I think Markel's Waltz just died. And then I try to send her a video of the, the footage of his sprain. And uh, obviously she didn't respond because she was actually saving people's lives for, yeah. for good reason. Uh, but then, you know, immediately that night, Ramona Shelburne reported it was a high ankle sprain. Turned out to be a lateral ankle sprain. Seems like he's going to be fine. But, whew, that was, that was a fun scare in July with another Sixers prospect going down. But before he went down, I mean, he showed the ability to create shots off the dribble. The spin move that he has is fantastic already. You know, he got the praise from Kevin Durant for the hezzy pull-up Jimbo, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's still defensive concerns about him. He had like, I mean, anyone taking a lot out of plus minus in summer league really needs to rethink their lives. But like, he did have a minus somewhere in the minus, like 30 high thirties, low forties over his three games. So how much of that is a concern? I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, look at the it's summer league, right? Look at who he's playing yeah. alongside. And then like. Put him next to Jason Reddick, Robert Covington, Benson, and Joel Embiid. I'm not that worried. Right. Um, but that's there. Well, I want to go into Lonzo Ball a little bit here. Because Lonzo Ball has had two triple-doubles. He also had, like, 36 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds, something like that against the Sixers. Mm. Uh, suddenly, you know, he was 2 of 15 in his first game. We made fun of him a bit last week for that. But now he's showed out really well in his following couple games. Now everyone thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. He's the second coming of Magic Johnson, mixed with LeBron James, mixed with Michael Jordan. <laughs> Boy, are you buying the Lonzo Ball hype? Well, I, I'm, I'm buying the hype that is justified. Like I had him as my fifth ranked guy coming into the draft, and so, so that's not like a low ranking at all. No. Like, I mean, that's the top five of the draft, and I'm sticking to that one. Like he justified that. Whether he's going to be better than that or not remains to be seen. But he definitely had a very uh, nice outing, or a lot of nice outings, really. So I'm not on the whole sliced bread thing. I'm also not a fan of sliced bread. I think it's overrated. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hot takes everywhere. Hot oh, takes yeah. everywhere. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, I mean, look. I'm reminded of... Um, what is what is it's Avengers Age of Ultron the opening scene the Avengers are fighting in the forest and at some point a bunch of soldiers are lining up against Thor and Captain America Thor says oh look they're lining up and Captain America goes ah, yeah they're excited and then they just murder them basically <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at here with Lonzo Ball like and Lakers fans because they're excited they're excited they have a brand new toy he's doing well Makes sense. Like I, I can't fault Lakers fans for liking something that looks good right now, especially after so many years with inept management and the Kobe farewell tour and everything that just gone wrong. So you know, good on you, Lakers fans. Enjoy it, enjoy it, and I hope for your sake that he carries it over to the regular season. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where we're at. If anyone who's looked good in summer league, that's great. But like, let's reserve judgment until we see. Whether right. Lonzo can get that shot off against an actual NBA defender rather than a guy who's going to be playing in Europe next year. Yeah, yeah like, and I mean, the same is, is, is true for players who are bad. Like, look, Kevin yeah. Durant, Derek Rose, they look like crap at certain points in their respective opening summer leagues. I yep. mean, it makes 
no difference. It's 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 just to get some reps in, and you know, for the most part, it's just it's fine because you actually get to play some NBA sort of caliber talents. So you look at yourself and go, okay, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I should do this instead. Then the next game you experience something different. Like, okay, if I go to the right here, they'll rotate this way. So I actually have to pivot the other way. It's it's a learning curve. It's totally understandable. Yeah. If anything, I would be alarmed if a guy got progressively worse through the week. Like if he's if he shows something new every game, that's a great sign, right? And yeah. I feel like that's happened. That happened with Fultz. That happened with Ball. That's happened with. Uh, Tatum and some of the other guys, Dennis Smith Jr. especially, Donovan Mitchell. Bam Adebayo, by the way. Yeah, Bam Adebayo. Yep, yep, yep. yep. He was good, too. He was good. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like it just confirmed that, you know, we heading into the draft, we thought this was a really strong class. From what we've seen so far, it still looks like a really strong class. You know, hopefully all these guys pan out. The NBA is better when you have a huge wave of talent coming in and you're, you know, each team is getting better. Um, that, that said, Sarah, do you have any disappointments from Summer League? Anyone you've been expecting more from that you uh, are feeling left wanting? Uh, I don't want to say he's a disappointment, um, but I was a little o- underwhelmed so far by uh, what DeJounte Murray's done. Mm. Um, he's only played 39 minutes in Vegas so far, but he's got nine turnovers, six assists. So that's not great. Obviously, that's a simplistic way of looking at it. But um, so far, we've seen, excuse me, a lot of what we saw last year in the spots that he got to play, sort of flashes of brilliance, uh, craftiness, driving to the rim. Uh, I did see him running the team well at at certain times, so I was excited about that. Honestly, that's more what we needed to look for from him. Uh, can he slow down and, and kind of create for others? Because he's, if he's going to be the primary ball handler at any point next year, especially in, in Tony's stead, then that's what they're going to ask him for the most. Like, just take care of the ball. He's still a little loose with the ball at times, so that's a little bit of a concern. And I think he said that, that he's added, like, 15 pounds of muscle or something already. Muscle but, watch. Right. But he still gets uh, overwhelmed. He's still small frame guy uh so a lot of times people just knock him off of his spot easily so uh we'll be watching him but uh, i'm still encouraged still hopeful (laughs) he was sitting next to lebron during that lakers sixers game so he's clearly recruiting lebron to the spurs next year already he loves pop makes sense (laughs) yeah 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 more uh any disappointments on your end Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, whenever I watch Cameron Payne handle the basketball, I got the <laughs> Benny Hill soundtrack playing in my head. Do, 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 yeah. do, 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 do. It was really bad. I mean, yeah. but expectedly bad because Cameron Payne is bad. He's really bad. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to that extent, not disappointed. Just kind of disappointed that my worst fears came true as I expected them to. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I guess... Sticking with the Bulls theme, Denzel Valentine looked like hot garbage for a long time. Mm-hmm. Couldn't guard anyone, couldn't really get into the teeth of the defense. He just looked awful, and and it seems like he's um, really not bound to be that type of player we all thought he was going to be coming into the NBA, which was like a on-the-ball playmaker who could pull up three and just makes make all kinds of crazy razzle-dazzle plays. Seems like he's going to be very limited when handling the ball. He's going to be more of a 
a spot up shooter. Did you see so. the clip of him shoving his teammate? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, but you know, again, that's fully expected. I mean, it's the Bulls, Brian. Did right. you really? I mean, I'm not expecting professionalism on on any level. <laughs> yeah, it was it was him like shoving his teammate into defensive position because his teammate was mm-hmm. kind of just like laughing on the perimeter, had no idea what was going on, and Dondell was just like, "What are you doing? Go!" <laughs> and his teammate and he, almost fell on his face. The irony in Denzel Valentine of all people <laughs> being pissed off at someone being out of position defensively was great fun. Yeah, that was just that was terrific because. Yeah. That that happened to him like oh, I don't know seventy seventy five times a game last season. So right, even if he only played five seconds, somehow it still ended up in that total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a fun one. Yeah, I'd say the Bulls just as a whole are the clear the clear disappointments from some Look, league. I'm at, I'm at this point where I'm just saying next year to me there are like twenty nine teams in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, they, oh my right. god, if we thought the Bulls were unwatchable last year. Yeah, exactly. Like Jimmy, everyone is gonna love Jimmy Butler now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, the only reason the Bulls are gonna be fun next year is when they hold Dwayne Wade hostage for the first four months. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the buyout talk has already started, but it, they they have shown no inclination to let him free. So that's literally the only reason to watch the Bulls next year, just to see how checked out Dwayne Wade is. No, and, I mean, yeah, you know, like we have league pass alert. Yeah. We should have, like, a reverse league pass alert. Like, if the Bulls are about <laughs> to finish a game shooting under 20% from the field, <laughs> then we need to tune in, and everyone on Twitter just needs to root the hell for the Bulls shooting under 20% from the field for a game. It just yeah. needs to happen. Yeah. D-Wade's troll move should be to win a bunch of games for the Bulls, because they are clearly trying to tank and be really bad. So he should, oh. like... He should just try it as hard as he can. Like, oh, we're down I five. I love that. I'm gonna, I, I'm yeah. gonna single-handedly take over. Not let any of your guys, your young kids, get minutes or like experience taking late game shots. I'm gonna do everything. I'm gonna win these games. Screw your draft pick. Buy me out. Dude, I would, I would love that. <laughs> I would absolutely love to see that. Just because I want more drama now. Before yeah. I was, I was all checked out on the drama. I was just tired of it. Now I just want more. I just want to see these bulls get as dysfunctional as humanly possible, just for fun. Just see where the line is drawn. They're on their way there. Uh, Sarah, any other major summer league takeaways for you? Um, I wanted to mention Kyle Kuzma because I think mm. he's looked pretty good, shooting like thirty-eight point five percent from three, showing signs of potentially being a, a good stretch four. Um, and just staying with the Lakers, like the thing that I really enjoy about a player like Lonzo Ball, uh, well, for one, it's refreshing to see a guard who doesn't feel the need to like walk the ball up and control it all the way into this half court offense. Like he wants to get the ball up. Uh, he's throwing these outlet passes, mm-hmm. touchdown passes. So I appreciate that, but also just the way that, you know, when other players are playing with a guy that they know is going to find them, and he's going to make the extra pass, like. It, it's so contagious and it's really fun to watch it take over a team like just the whole Lakers summer league team has has made the extra pass numerous times in in the few games that I've watched which is is really fun and I'm just excited going into next year about the fact that we possibly have like three really great passers coming into the league playing in the league um I don't know actually for the first time so uh you got ball you got 
uh, Simmons and then Tito Sitch is coming back. So I'm excited about that. I think uh, I'm a nerd for passing anyway, but I just maybe I'm I'm biased because we're living in the age of the Warriors. <laughs> but I think that <laughs> great passers don't come along quite as often as great shooters even. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that the Lakers summer league team has really been—they've been a lot of fun, and I hope you know. I, I hope Ball turns out to be really good. I, Zubac just seems to be having the time of his life out right. there. Like, he's <laughs> so happy. <laughs> yeah, those outlet passes are something else. They, I mean, Ball is a really fun player. I'll give him that. So I hope I hope he does well. The the controversy over which shoes he's wearing every night has been fun. Like I want him to continue not wearing his overpriced five hundred dollar shoes and see what LeVar has to say about that eventually. Um, Mort, do you have any other final summer ta- summer league takeaways? I never want to hear anything about Lonzo Ball's shoe again. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you might need to disconnect from the internet. I know. I know. I Look, I just, I'm, I'm so ready for all this sideshow just to be over. Like, yeah. not just with Ball, but with every minor thing. Because right now we're in that part of the season or you know, the summer where every story is just getting published, even though it's just, it's so ridiculously small and it has no effect on anything. So I'm just like old man Morton sitting there <laughs> going, I don't want to hear about anyone's shoes. God damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's fair. But yeah, but I, I'm really, I'm, what I'm looking forward to is, is seeing what happens with uh, Neuralist Noel, honestly, mm-hmm. which it had, does, has nothing to do with summer league, but just as a summer as a whole, I'm, yeah. I'm really pondering what the hell is going on right now there so we'll see yeah i feel like he's definitely gonna end up back in dallas it's just for how much and how long will be right that is definitely the question uh you reminded me sarah that i need to unfurl a ben simmons point guard rant but i'm gonna save that for next time <laughs> okay oh oh by the way point guards are we can we all agree that derrick rose is gonna end up in china <laughs> no i think he's going back to the knicks hmm yeah. I want to see Derek Rose in China. <laughs> no, Just averaging 45 points. Someone's going to get desperate. Someone will sign him. I, I mean, the Knicks don't want to start Natal Aquino, right? I don't know. It, it depends. We don't even know what the kind of direction they're going. They just got a new GM. That's Everything true. is up in the air. Well, that now... <laughs> They just got a new GM, and so they're going to be like, oh, wait, we shouldn't have taken a guard who is good only oh. because he's in the triangle, and then fire yeah. the guy who wants to run the triangle. Maybe that was a huge mistake. Yeah, they're going to slide into Dennis Smith Jr.'s DMs at any point. <laughs> yeah, they really are. Hey, remember us? We yeah. sort of didn't pick you, but... Our bad. You know, I yeah. slid left. I probably should have slid right on the app, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Derek Rose is not going to China yet, but Justin Hamilton reportedly just agreed to sign with the Beijing Ducks. So you got that going for you, at least, more. Oh, we're on our way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I will save my Ben Simmons rant for next time. We'll also continue covering free agent stuff, and then we'll just talk about some random NBA topics, including we'll, we'll touch on the pace of play changes the NBA made as well. So... Until next time, be sure to check us out on Twitter at the NBA Pod. Remember, you can find all of our Twitter handles in our bio to give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We would love any and all feedback. And find us on FanRag Sports, so at FanRag Sports on Twitter, and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. Until next time, I'm Brian Taporic, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen and Sarah Chalea. Have a good one, you two. He did. You too, Brian.
Sheila's teenage son, Stephen, had a been-there-done-that attitude. So when she took him to Cracker Barrel to try new southern bowls, he smirked. He'd done burrito bowls, rice bowls, even a pokey bowl. But Stephen had never seen southern ingredients like sweet onion jam, maple pepper bacon, crispy grits cakes, or pimento cheese sauce. Which meant Mom was right. From surprising moments with Mom to new southern bowls. For a limited time at Cracker Barrel, enjoy every little thing. And May 6, 2018, menu varies by location. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.